Welcome to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode number 78 for the 28th of May, 2008. Well, hello, James. How's it going, Ian? I'm splendid. How are you doing? Not bad at all. Thank you very much. Bit of a rainy day here in London. It's a bit grim, isn't it? But, but you know, it's always, it's always nice, I think, when there's a bit of rain outside, you can sit down on the couch, listen to something... But it's seasonal. Interesting. Imagine living in a place where it's just the same weather the whole time. Well, you know, I was in Norway on the weekend and uh, it was beautiful and sunny from uh, five o'clock in the morning until about one o'clock in the morning. It was sunny, sunny and more sunny. And then it was dim. Uh, Well, I got to imagine in wintertime, it's fairly dim most of the day. (laughs) So I think it was a good time to be there. Mm. But seasonality is good. It's good for the garden, as we say here here in England. Uh, but not good for the couch. <laughs> so this is couch number 78. Indeed. And we talk about the standard mix of business stuff, technology stuff, content delivery, mobile, gaming, and other weird and wonderful things. And um, That's absolutely right. So this week is no different from any other. So let's kick off with a news-filled week. Well, so Ian, I think... Uh, what's going on? We've been watching with interest what's happening in the world of content delivery. Yeah. Uh, mm. How are consumers going to get there? content in the future are dvd sales going to keep going is blu-ray going to take over is everyone going to get it online indeed uh and some research from adam's media research and screen digest have said that uh, well there's a few a few things happening here one is that film expenses are growing about 10 percent annually mm-hmm. which that can't be good <coughs> generally uh, and the worldwide revenue from uh media sales as a whole shrank 4.6 percent over the same period so it's going media. down slightly all media Yep, uh, and the cost of actually creating things. So that's with as up. broadband penetration goes up. That's right. So cost presumably the costs or the revenue, sorry, yeah. that the uh, the studios are getting is decreasing over time. Uh, but the most important thing they're bringing out here is that um, their the adult entertainment industry is doing leads. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it leads leads the trend. That's what they're saying. The adult DVD sales have slumped ten to thirty percent this year. Oof! Wow. Um, I mean, and that's I guess is because. Um, what I'm saying is a massive shift by consumers to online content, mm. and uh, companies aren't making up the lost coin on porn streamed over computers because short clips are available for free or as little as eight or ten cents a minute online. And porn producers only get a tiny cut. Ooh, sounds painful. <laughs> Does sound <laughs> painful. Um, uh, so and also, I, I learned some stuff about Blu-ray, saying Blu-ray is not going to shoot supercharge it. In fact, because of the delay in the HD DVD and Blu-ray business, mm. the actual ability to make enough Blu-ray mm. discs. Mm-hmm. hasn't you know they have to ramp up and I heard mm. you know, there's a new replication plant coming up in, right, um, so maybe that'll in Hong Kong in June things. or something next month right. um, we've got it's uh, interesting because I was talking to one of our fans Murray Kirk mm-hmm. uh, who listens every week is uh, he was saying on his Blu-ray player I presume yeah. he's got a player uh, maybe it's a PS3 he was saying it's really difficult to get content for the, yeah. for the for on Blu-ray and he says all the blockbuster you know first release stuff is all out on Blu-ray but getting 
know, good quality classic movies Archive or anything material, like that. Yeah, Archive yeah. material is That's because they can't make nothing. enough of the things. And I think but Blu-ray players have kind of tailed off and I think the price of Blu-ray players has gone up again now. Oh, right. Because people are saying... Well, now there's no competition, is there? Well, exactly. Well, there's still the PS3, but I, I'm sure a lot of people don't realise a PS3 is a Blu-ray player. So Yeah, I did go into a uh, typical uh, high street electronic store yesterday and have a look at the Blu-ray players there. Uh-huh. And they're about uh, 299 £349 for just a player. So you might as well buy a PS3 still at that price. If you're into gaming. But I guess there's probably... They're making more commission in the shop, so they'd steer... You know, Granny, Granny Miggins will be yeah. steered towards... You don't need uh, a PS3. <laughs> you, you don't strike me as a gamer, madam. <laughs> you know, I can see it all happening. Um, she'll be going, no, I do. So yeah, I guess DVD, deals, DVD sales are down but not out. But I know, you know they're also relatively cheap and they're like supermarket just impulse buys. Yeah, you know, so thing. cheap impulse buys. And uh, uh, they're saying here that uh, some DVDs have a real connection with people and that seems mm. to be the ones that, that have the big, uh, the big sales, such as Enchanted. And uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, strangely enough, are the ones Still quoted as... I haven't seen uh, that one. <laughs> I don't quite know why. Uh, um, as the ones that um, people seem to have impulse mm. bought. I think the key there is, you know, that it's a sort of a boost in the arm for the industry to start diversifying, coming up with new distribution modes and monetizing Absolutely. it before, you know, the kind of napsterization happens for the video content. Exactly. I mean, that's what happened when DVD came out. Everyone went, wow, mm. the quality is definitely better. It's more convenient, more than anything else. So I'll replace my entire VHS collection with DVDs. Did but, they? Uh, I didn't think that. Well, yeah, apparently that's what the, what's happening. But apparently, the other, the other issue they're saying is that people mm. have got like 70 or 80 DVDs kicking around on their shelves now. And it's like, well, I've got all these movies and I never watched them. So why would I buy more movies? So... There's that yeah, there is that as well. Yeah, you think, but then you no. can watch them in glorious upsampled <laughs> if you get the right player. That's the thing. And upsampling is pretty good, mm-hmm. um, but you do need that digital output card. So, okay, lots of stuff going on there. Um, technology news now. True Two Way, which I only learned a week or so ago, is the new name for OCAP, the Open exactly. Cable Application Platform or something. But mm-hmm. they've now called it True Two Way with a with a numeral two in there. Yeah. Um, no e. Which, uh, you know, I'm a bit puzzled by <laughs> rebranding the stuff. name. Um, Bad name, good idea is this, the headline here. Well, yeah, I, no, I agree with that because, I mean, they're kind of emphasizing the two-way nature of the connectivity mm-hmm. as in it's all about cable, but there's no reason why true two-way, which is essentially a version of Java with a particular set of APIs, can't run on mm-hmm. satellite or IPTV or anything else. Um, but right. I guess that gives you some idea about the cable-centric nature of the US. Yeah. Where if it's not cable, it doesn't happen. Uh, and I think it holds them back, to be honest, because they're the all name. there's a number of conglomerates. Yeah, I don't think they're. I mean, a lot of these, if it's a standard, it's taken a long time to develop a standard. By which time, oh, yeah. the industry's moved on and the standard's trying to catch yeah. up, and, and, and you can't just change the, the name uh, to make it a good idea. <laughs> well, exactly. And the, the the cable companies have been fighting this for some time mm. um, because they want to obviously provide uh, proprietary. Uh, solutions and options for their customers, but uh, it's now le- it's now mm. by law they have to do this. Uh, so a number of uh, companies, along with Sony, have decided to adopt this, and that, I think that's significant because once you've got the point of, ha- of having people like Sony on board who have fought it for some time as well, yeah. if you have, uh, I mean, Blu-ray runs a version of Java, it's uh, not too difficult to think that... So a- is it time to go and buy Sunstock then? Uh, definitely. <laughs> well, they're giving Java away for free now as well. Uh, I, I mean, you can imagine the PS3 could easily run uh, a Java version that would run through two-way and uh, run cable yeah. uh, applications. If there are any. 
Well, there's starting to be quite significant numbers it's of EPGs and things like that. I think the built. good part about the Fujiwa is you can download com- entire applications. So the EPG Absolutely. is non-resident. And the idea being here that you, you buy your box at retail, you plug in the conditional access or cable card. Exactly. And, and it's got Fujiwa. You take it to your new cable place you know, when you move around a lot and you, you save your $2 <laughs> rental a month or something. Yeah. And you plug the box in and, and away you go. You get different apps upgrades and it suddenly becomes a... Rogers or a Cox or a whatever Comcast box or a Time Warner box. That's the theory. It sounds like a nice That's idea, but I'm not sure it'll work. I mean, you probably won't get any support from your cable company. They'll say, "Ah, you can have one of our boxes, though." Yeah, exactly. A few oh. dollars a month. I mean, I think the difficult bit is what happens when you get all these, uh, you know, Korean imports or yeah. Taiwanese imports. Uh, how do you check that it, you know, the software works in all these different brands? I mean, the, the conformance That's and stuff. Hard. You know, what do you? I don't know. And that's that's a tricky thing with any introduction of a unless it's extremely tight and very rigorous and everything has to pass specific benchmark tests which I guess you could say DVD authoring is a similar True. Kind of thing I mean but I mean DVD authoring is very simple compared with um, oh yes yeah. uh, we compared with like a Java application even, D- even DVD applications can actually crash a DVD player indeed and all Fun DVD and players games. are not equal content delivery now this is a story about how we're having day and date release for uh, I guess it's, it's not really premium content, is it? It's like it's <laughs> no, kind of like they actually quoted as being a, a mainstream release, but it's d- straight to DVD. <laughs> <laughs> the film is called The Cottage, which I did actually see that you could see it at the cinemas. So okay, it's not quite or straight a to cinema. It's, it's straight to everything else. <laughs> straight to everything else, and in one cinema. Um, so there's uh, Sky Movies director Ian Lewis said uh, there's been a number of positive steps recently in the UK film industry toward compressing the current windows and this deal with is it Pathé is that their Pathé yeah they do a lot of those kind of they've got some rights I think for some of the older material Pathé uh-huh. is famous it's another move in the right direction mm-hmm. and uh, they're saying that as the on-demand market moves we have to evolve as well so I guess you know taking following on from our previous DVD story yeah I mean it's similar it's like so, uh, but this really does rely on the content owners so not mm. the distributors like the Sky B Sky B in the UK in this case but the content owners being more liberal with how they're willing to, to monetize their content. Nicely. I, I, I don't know. Do, do you think this is going to work? I mean, if it's available on all these channels well, simultaneously, does that not well, cannibalize some like of the Morgan Freeman channels? was starting some film outfit where they were going to mm-hmm. do the same thing in the US. But mm-hmm. again, I guess you know one of these films could end up to be a sort of a sleeper hit. Mm, and it could make them a lot of money. True. But typically the guys, you know, Iron Man 2 or yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Seven mm-hmm. or whatever it is, they're not they're going to do, any, they're they're not not do day and day release, no. are they? I mean, no. not going to happen. Especially, I guess, and they were hoping, I suppose, that the the new HD format Blu-ray now would have given them a shot in the arm and said, "Hey, you know, we can make even more money from this." You know, and there'll well, be Blu-ray release, then DVD, then you know. Yeah, you kind of expect that that HD content would be more expensive. Uh, well, but it is much more. It is more expensive. Yeah, it's about twenty pounds here for a Blu-ray disc versus how much for a normal disc. 15, 15, yeah, 12, I guess, yeah. Definitely a premium. And more interactive extras and stuff, I suppose, allegedly. But I still haven't seen a a Blu-ray disc with all the extras and stuff. Really? None? Well, disappointing. I haven't watched any anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's part of the UK market, because in the UK, as far Mm. as I'm aware, to get movies uh, for distribution, the extras Mm -hmm. have to all be approved and rated as well. And it costs you a lot of money right. to okay, get yeah, every yeah, bit yeah. of material so you're rated. You're unlikely to do that in the UK. Exactly. So the basically, you just get a little right. bit of extra. Whereas in the US, only the main feature needs to be rated and all the other stuff can just be chucked in. That's right. the way I understand it. So you get a lot more extras on US copies. Interesting. 
right rapidly into mobile we were talking over lunch with me about iPhones and stuff I think the connector on the bottom of my iPhone is getting a bit dodgy I think I'm just building an excuse to get a new iPhone <laughs> well you know you, you need to be able to connect your iPhone and uh, yeah if it's not the touch screen a bit dodgy yeah that as well it's just <laughs> It's a it's shoddy a piece of equipment. <laughs> and it's not big enough, really, to hold everything you need to, to hold. Well, so. it is, actually, to be honest. Oh, okay. so it's not a size. It's yours, 8 or 16? Only 8 gigs, yeah. Eight. Good not enough for me. Good enough for but, me. Uh, I think... Uh, Time well. for a change. Anyway. <laughs> uh, if you're on the queue, I'll have two. <laughs> All right, you're on. <laughs> so Samsung are releasing the L870. This is a phone. What, and why this phone in particular? Because, you know, Samsung must release a phone every week, probably. At least one every week. They, they release this is a slider. Number. Is it a touchscreen? It looks like an yeah, N95, to be it honest. Does. I mean, it's running Symbian 9.3, but I guess the interesting thing here is that uh, it's running Apple's Safari browser on it. So no. this is the first time Apple's taken a step into the embedded market that's not a, a phone or a... Now, I'm looking at this screenshot here. Does it mm-hmm. actually say Safari on it? Because I can't read it. Because <laughs> obviously they've got the WebKit, which is... What's they, the WebKit? The WebKit, I believe, is, and, you know, listener, please tell me I'm wrong, because I probably am, is uh, Apple's kind of open-sourced their Safari oh, browser, right. you know, the underpinnings of it, which is called, wow. they're called WebKit. Okay. And I think Nokia used bits of it as well. Right. So it's not... That's why if it was the Safari brand, mm-hmm. it might be significant, and this suggests it is, but it could be just that you, under the hood it's got WebKit in it. Right, which and is open-sourced, so they're not paying anything for it, so... Uh, yeah, I guess that would be that would be it. So it could just be that in there as well. But it does, I mean, it looks, the spitting image of an N95, this beastie. Does, but it's much thinner. You've it's got a Samsung phone, haven't you? 13.5. It looks minutes. the same, to be honest. Same style. Uh, yeah, it is the same sort of style, isn't it? Are you sure that's not the same phone? Mm, no. <laughs> I've already got one. This mine has a, an Access browser in it, which is actually not okay. too bad. Oh, yeah, Access Netfront, those guys. Yeah, but it is... Uh, Tri-band GSM and UTMS HDES DPA 3.6 megs. So. Destined for Europe in August. <laughs> That'll be a has-been, won't it? The iPhone will be there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> What's now, the and point? People are obviously, uh, you know... I don't know if the man on the street is, you know... Waiting right. out for it? No? Yeah, I don't know. Well, the, I mean, the other room... Are we into mobile news yet? Yes, yeah, we, we are. are. This is mobile. <laughs> it's a mobile phone, you <laughs> dog. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the the other rumor I heard was that uh, people in France are being phoned up by Orange and offered to uh, upgrade their existing iPhone from a normal iPhone into a 3G iPhone for like 50 euros. Oh, right. Okay. Which, uh, oh, wouldn't you? you? Of course you would. You'd be crazy not to. Yeah, wh- where do I sign up? Yeah. Yep. Uh, That's good. Rumor? Yeah, so onto mobile TV... Now, this is a funny one, isn't it? I mean, mobile TV, we've been hot and cold on it over the year or so, haven't we? Mostly yeah. cold. Mostly cold, and there's lots of trials. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the BBC, and the BBC are apparently interested in hearing more from Qualcomm about Media Flow Network in the UK. The BBC, you know, they, as I say, they've got a mandate to do everything. They have to do it. So everything. if it's there, they'll do it. a great it. mandate. I mean, that's, that's, the that's the sort of mandate you need. I also learned something today as well about TV licensing. How Apparently in France, they pay TV license and Germany really? as well. I, I didn't, didn't know, know that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether they... Wow. Maybe the collection mechanism is different from the UK. Okay. But they do have a, a license because I know that um, Sarkozy, the, pres- the is he president or prime minister in Australia? Pre- in, president in, Australia, in France. In France. <laughs> he was saying yeah. they've got one of their, their BBC equivalent. Uh-huh. Um, still is allowed to have advertising and it's funded wow. by the license fee but they, he's basically said he wants to get rid of the advertising ah okay um, so funded more so like the BBC it would 
Well, it was, apparently it wasn't in his manifesto, so they're going to say, how's he going to do that? Because it's 30% of the revenue, so maybe they'll bump up this license fee. Right. Which obviously wouldn't be pop- wouldn't be popular, but then you know, the, this guy who wrote the article um, was saying yeah, he's, he's half French, half English, so he, he could see that the BBC is far more um, able to produce quality content because it's not having to be sort of editorially hamstrung, yeah, exactly. that kind of stuff. Um, so, back to the story. The Qualcomm have their media flow system, which... Uh, by all accounts, uh, from the people in that I've actually talked to, operators that have done trials of MediaFlow and DVBH have found that DV, uh, media, media flow for the same bandwidth and range is pretty good. better picture quality. Yeah. So, and of course, the, one of the things about Qualcomm is they have massive sort of grips on the IPR for a lot of the CDMA stuff, actual phone infrastructure, even yeah. without the TV part. Well, and I think the the cost of the phones is is higher because of the Qualcomm royalties. Wow. And I know that's been a concern in some markets where they've said, you know, we just can't, we can't, we can't continue to down this route because <laughs> you know, we've got this massive chunk of mm. third-party intellectual property in there which we can't, mm. can't go down. And I, and I think um, Nokia were trying to import phones without paying it. There was that's the right. yeah in the US they, there, they got stopped the LG phone. The oh, was Prada phone. It was the Prada phone. Oh, right. The Prada phone wasn't allowed to be bought because they weren't paying the royalties, and there was a big hoo-ha. Yeah. Because their, their agreement with Qualcomm ran out and all this kind of stuff. Listen to one of those back episodes. Find all about so I, I didn't know this, but Qualcomm apparently have bought up a chunk of L-band radio spectrum in the UK for the miserly sum of £8.3 million, which I think is an absolute bargain. Depends what it is, though. Is it regional? Is it national? Well, I mean, I is L-band... I'll have to do some research, but... Uh, yeah, one and a half gigs, typically, round about there. One and a half gigs is not... Yeah, it's like pages stuff, but I mean, the, you might buy the spectrum, but you've got to then put in the the towers. Yeah, and you need the a fair few towers for one point five gigs, wouldn't you? But still, yeah. I mean, if uh, I guess Qualcomm's offering is, hey, we've got the chips, we've got the infrastructure, we've got the back end, and we've got some spectrum. So come yeah. to us if you want to do mobile TV, mm. which uh, makes them pretty much an end to end kind of offering, really. Uh, so O2 and BBC are, are both interested in hearing more from Qualcomm. I don't, I mean, I don't know what that that means really, other than. Are they saying O2 and BBC are working with Qualcomm, or they just want to? But I think you also have to have the right content. It needs to be—you can't just chunk out broadcast TV. Well, exactly, and I keep saying this: like BBC One, Two, Three, Four, mm. and whatever daytime television on your mobile is still lame. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're just not going to do good it. Short form content, I you suppose. do. You need, you need short form content, you need quality content, and stuff that can be consumed mm. on a small screen and in little chunks. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're standing on the station, you're waiting for the train to arrive, you want to catch up on the news or something like that, yeah. fine. Have you ever been on public transport which has got screens in stuff playing you the non-stop seen, adverts or... I've seen the trains in Hong Kong. Yeah, I mean, you've got a problem there because of the sound, that's the thing. It's yeah, either, the sound either, doesn't really work. I mean, in Hong no Kong, sound. I know in the minibuses there, you can actually hit a button above your head to turn the sound off or yep. on, but I mean... It's and the taxis in New York now have... Uh, Pretty much news and adverts looping around and around, and after a weekend in New York, you get completely sick of the, the same yeah, content. Must go to Macy's and buy things. I don't know why, <laughs> but right. I must go to Macy's. It's yeah. right. But the coolest thing about the system in the New York taxis is it actually has a GPS in it with a screen showing where you are. And so the driver knows where he is. Well, at least the people <laughs> in the back know where you are, which is okay. great because I caught the taxi driver on my last trip to New York. Was uh, our previous trip was taking the taxi not via the tollways and then adding the toll on the end I could follow it on the GPS and go mate you didn't go via the tollways <laughs> anyway so you came out of that without being knifed <laughs> luckily enough <laughs> yes <laughs> well this is did you speak English yes oh, right, safer were. city in uh, in the US New York these days really very, very good safe. Uh, so on to uh, gaming news 
Yeah, I, what did I do? I, I uh, downloaded a few gaming trials, a bit of Haze. I haven't had a, had a go of it yet, but uh, still having a bit of an issue hooking up my uh, PlayStation 3 to my 720p projector. Okay. I have to use analog. Analog? <laughs> yeah. That's so, so, you know, last I think it's because yes. since they upgraded the PlayStation 3 to HDMI 1.3. Right, and your projector doesn't, doesn't like that. doesn't like that, I think so. Mm. You upgrade upgrade the projector at all? You're buying another one. Oh, yeah. oh I see, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you need a new projector and a new iPhone. Because I might need a new cinema as well, I don't know. Because <laughs> the viewing angles are a bit different. Ooh. So anyway, I think we'll I'll sort something out anyway. Christmas is, is uh, six months away. Yeah, well, <laughs> a bit more. maybe you can celebrate it Christmas in July or six something. Months, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe eBay will be my friend. <laughs> Works fine with a PS3, brackets analog connection only. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm very happy with it. Um However, so gaming, that's about the only gaming I've done, really. I've just sort of a bit of Ratchet and Clank well, I over again, the rainy days. Oh, Ratchet and Clank, that's supposed to be really good. It is. is. Good? Top game. I'm, gonna, I'm almost tempted to get a PS3 because everyone in the office here keeps going, oh, you have to try Ratchet and Clank. Oh, it is. Okay, what? Is that some sort of weird kind of... No, no, no. It's a superb game. It's <laughs> a superb, superb... They, uh, they liken it to Loco Roco on the... Yeah, I don't know why PSP that is. In the kind of oh, type right, of the game. Same. No, it is a fun. It's a fun game. Sort of. You know, it's. I don't know if you've heard. It, it's you can like throw disco balls and all the baddies start dancing. It's like, <laughs> and then you can hit them. You can shoot them with lots of other guns that's, and stuff. Yeah, that's great. There's always, that's like an example. Of right, kind of, okay. That's one of the weapons. <laughs> so, uh, no, it, and the characters are quite fun and it's quite humorous. It's. I guess it's like a Mario thing. It's. It's right. on like version seven or right. something. So I've um, um, exhausted my search now for trying to find Mario Kart in the UK. I've been to so many different game stores. Yeah. Been to, you know, Woolworths, Game, Gameland, GameSpot, Game Anything. Yeah, so you can't get... I can't mean, all this... There's been it. a... You know, we had a bit of a spurt in the UK for Fit and Kart. Mm. Um, even the Mario Kart, you still... Mind you, you in the US, it's it. all a different format now, so... Well, yeah, you can't use the same software. Yeah, as I know, to my cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so the news from in- Nintendo is that uh, you can rock up to a McDonald's in Tokyo... Yeah. with your DS and you can check out menu items uh, I mean <laughs> surely you know exactly what's on the menu but anyway yeah, you can also <laughs> Ooh, Big Mac <laughs> you can also download game previews and demos and so on and whilst you're in Mickey D's right that's the idea so this and is a bit like going to the sports match except you're going to a mm. cholesterol match exactly to get your fries and things and uh, you can also get uh, information on train transfers restaurants weather and other news at 20 train stations on one of the express lines in Tokyo. And the DS has got just standard Wi-Fi in, right? I mean, you've got... Yeah, I mean, this, if you, if you plug in the cartridge that's the Opera browser, you can do normal browser. But this is browsing. presumably, you don't plug in a burger. No, you, just, uh, you just rock up and Stick download a, a... Stick some French fries in the back and then ka-ching. Where you go. Yeah, you just sit there in the line and order your... But I've stuff. seen some stuff where you can go to these, the, like, play spots or something. Presumably it knows there must be some... Some, some other kind of, of special SSID or something. Yeah, something that pops up and says, ah, oh, mm-hmm. Nintendo friendly. Um, and you can use it in trains as well. Exactly. Why fine for DS? That's bizarre, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> there we go. Well, it's Japan, isn't it? I really must get to Japan and do some friend spotting. I think you'd like it, actually. Yeah. I like a bit of sushi. So, uh, on to... Uh, yes. Obviously, after last week's uh, blood pressure sensing underpants um, from Philips, someone mm-hmm. has come up with this great sort of saying, well, actually, Philips also has the Ambi- Ambilight TV, mm-hmm. which could obviously interact with your pants in some way. <laughs> so they're calling um, it the Relax TV. 
I don't know whether that has anything to do with the underpants or not. Wait, but, wait. Uh, sound effects and reacts to changes in the watch's heart rate and body temperature. Mm. So it it's, like a, it's like one of these screensavers you get in a media player or iTunes or something like that where it's right. an ambient thing on the screen. But oh, Okay, so you're not watching normal TV at the time. Well, it do doesn't you look like it from this dodgy screenshot mm. you've got here. Saying it adapts to light, sound and vibration. I don't know if there's vibration built into the pants or is that maybe the TV? Maybe the TV will fall off the wall if it gets <laughs> if you get really excited. No, I don't think that. <laughs> Oh no, sorry, the TV no, could is, be connected I think to this a is, chair. This is the Ambiex stuff, which I yeah. you know, I saw eighteen months, probably longer than that ago. Yeah, it was um, like this is linking with how you're feeling at the time. But that I guess it's you need to have a bit of feedback. But the Ambiex stuff was more you could write a a media kind of track to mm. a to a TV Thing. All right, and it told the TV what to do. And the TV would have a time. meta channel with it, which will right. also include, you know, how windy it is, how cold, and oh, that would right. be interpreted by the sensors or the, That's not right, the actuators. The attachment things with like yeah. fans and stuff fans like and that. and stuff, and the right. butt shaker and all this kind of stuff. Mm. But I mean, at the moment, I think, as far as I'm aware, the the ambilight TVs, as they call it, basically there's some algorithm to uh, factor the, either the screen brightness or the screen right. colors and to change the peripheral LED, multicolor mm-hmm. LEDs around the outside of the screen according to what's been displayed but this is mm-hmm. I guess doing something with that and your heart rate and body temperature whether it actually knows looking that by looking at you or not well you've got to have the pants on it's, it's like 1984 isn't it where you know it's the, <laughs> the TV thing is, is uh, watching you watching it exactly that's bizarre but you, I'm sure you can think of lots of great ideas about pants and temperature and TV and physical mm-hmm. feedback anyway we won't go there yep um, so on to our final other story yes <laughs> in well, space no one can hear you flush <laughs> the, uh, so the problem is that the uh, the International Space Station it's got a 10 year old Kazi apparently really or well, 7 years 7 years the, uh, the it's broken once before but not for a long time buggered it's buggered it's so uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> where's the fan this is as a fan's gone wrong isn't it yeah right. So the uh, the fanny fan, a as they would say in America. <laughs> this is a bunch of people holding on desperately for the next shuttle they launch. Just, they just whack a bag over the end, don't they? <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Like you can't just. I guess the main problem is with liquid in, open in, the a, door, in a zero go gravity. In the <laughs> well, they could, but they have to go in. The, I mean, same thing they do when they go in their spacesuits. To be honest, I don't need think I need to know. <laughs> I know, but now as a scuba diver, actually, when you go, if you go in a dry suit. Right. You can basically you've got a couple of options if you're going for a long dive because imagine you're doing you're doing a long dive, right? Right. And yep, one of the, fair enough. And one of the weird things about being weightless, which is a bit like being scuba diving as well, is your okay. your body is designed. Bit of biology here, uh-huh. a bit off the couch, but uh, your body is designed. Your kidneys are used to a certain amount of blood pressure. So when oh, you go right. in the water, yes. obviously there's a lot of pressure comes off your legs. So you, the, your kidneys think, oh, there's more blood in your body. Oh. Better start getting rid of some of the excess fluid. So when you go diving, that's why frequently you need to really? pee after you've been diving for about 40 minutes because your kidneys wow. are working overtime to, to get rid of some of that that's excess really fluid. That's I didn't right? know that. So obviously then you need to pee. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I'll be doing this in my new wetsuit next week, trying <laughs> not to pee. Such <laughs> as it's very difficult to get it off. Anyway, you can get attachments. Really? And, you know, I'll leave that to your imagination. <laughs> Attachments or nappies, or both. <laughs> no shit. Literally. Really? So yeah, yeah. So and people do wear these because clearly, well, you know, you, you've got a the thousand side dollar wet, thousand thing. dollar dry suit. You don't want to pee in it, Jeez, especially right. if you have to get back in it. You know, so uh, <laughs> it's one of those things I don't really tell you about. But you know, I guess that's the not the sexy part of space travel is the mm. having to pee in a bag. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or in whatever, zero gravity, or a catheter, or you know, worse, <laughs> whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. Mm. So they're so, saying that uh, Discovery's main payload is a 32,000 pound Japanese laboratory edition. I, 
thought you said it was a ma- 50,000 man toilet. Oh, I thought it was going to be a toilet. No. <laughs> I, thought it was a th- I thought it said that. Uh, no, but they'll bring up a spare fan for the, for the toilet. Oh, okay. I guess. I thought it was a 32,000 pound Japanese lavatory, but no. Laboratory. That's how the Japanese might say it. A laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need the laboratory? <laughs> we have a Japanese laboratory. They should have one of those Japanese toilets. That's another. You've, you've been on one of these Japanese toilets where they do have, on earth, this is. <laughs> where they have like these these myriad of buttons which give you sort of really? a wash trim and blow dry oh yeah I've seen yeah, the Japanese hotels like had bits. the thing coming out and like it was it was actually quite a good time yeah, pressing so all the, the buttons they, what they probably could um, bring up a toilet for them as well maybe we should I suggest they that definitely could. well we've got some viewer feedback yeah viewer feedback uh, to, actually I was probably ranting on uh, PS2 cash cow about mm. my problem about how I'd, I was having to buy content that will be only the free stuff um, but buying it twice because I mm-hmm. got it on my phone and because I was thinking with various different um, computers. This is uh, Stephen Parfit from the UK. Yeah. So what's, has he got a solution for this? He's like, basically what's said the way to do it is copy the, the file mm-hmm. on a USB drive and import it into the machines that you've synced, the, the, the one machine you've synced with Apple TV. Right. Uh, and then as long as you've done that and they've, they've registered, that shouldn't be a problem. Or well, there are some third-party utilities. Um, one he mentions here is... Uh, Carbon Copy Cloner from Bombitch Software, bombitch.com, um, which will synchronize iTunes libraries between two Macs. So right. I guess it only works on Macs there. So it's I guess that's one of the... poor Windows people. It's one of the problems with moving your media around is where where have you got it? And I know people have said there's a similar problem here for PVRs. If you've got um, like a, a DVR in your house mm-hmm. or more than one DVR, you've got a problem because if you've recorded it somewhere, you think, oh, I don't want to watch it. Exactly. How do I do that? Exactly. And so this is... It's it's obviously more it's it's easier on a PC Mac based computer based system, yeah. but you still have to think about your media and move it around or have a process. I know a lot of people when they buy stuff on iTunes habitually rip it, burn it, and re rip it as MP3. All right, um, to avoid you know like Microsoft pulled the plug on the DRM. Well, exactly, you're but, in uh, trouble, aren't you? But Steve, I really appreciate that. Um, I do well, like the fact that uh, Stephen uh, subscribes to the to the On the Couch podcast and every machine he has work both Macs at home Linux, Spock etc in order to get his weekly fix so Stephen well done good stuff right um, well I guess that how are we wow I've gone tracked straight through there um, well that's really cool um, we're going to probably have to take a hiatus because I'm on holiday next yep, week a couple of, couple of weeks summer um, break so and hopefully by that time Ian you'll have got me an iPhone 3G yeah and we can talk about G- the whole iPhone action so yeah. great hopefully so in the meantime if you've got any feedback we'd love to hear from you at feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com in the meanwhile, have a great break. Yeah. And we'll catch you soon. Yeah. It's goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from Ian. Cheers. Bye.